Hello, my name's Lily Head and welcome to another one of our Dental Business Transaction Podcasts. All of our podcasts are available on our website, easily downloadable through Apple, Spotify, Podbean and Google Podcast. Video recordings of many discussions are also available through our YouTube channel, so please do subscribe and watch. Now, today I have great pleasure in introducing Catherine Rutland, Clinical Director at Denplan, who you know is part of Simply Health. And Denplan is an affinity partner with us at Lilyhead Dental Practice Sales. So, Catherine, welcome. How are you? Thank you. Lovely introduction. Uh, yes, I'm very well, considering. No, I'm pretty good. Thank you. Let's start off our chat um, with a little bit. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your role at, at Denplan, just to give people a flavour of what you do. Yeah, so um, uh, obviously I'm a dentist. Um, I qualified a very long time ago in Leeds um, and uh, I worked in hospital for a little while, for about two and a half years, which I loved, uh, and then moved out into general practice and did, uh, as it was then, VT before it changed to the numerous things it's been to before it got to FT. Um, and, uh, and then moved uh, down sort of further back down south to be closer to family. Um, bought uh, into practice, so um, was joint owner of a practice uh, in West Berkshire for almost 20 years. Um, and through that became my affiliation with, Dent- with uh, Denplan. Um, so I then started about 10 and a half years ago, or just over 10 and a half years ago, uh, a day a week at Denplan as a little dental advisor, doing a day a week just uh, think learning more than I was advising at that stage possibly um, and then as I was explaining it kind of got sucked in um, and uh, I'd been sort of forced out of clinical dentistry by a recurrent autoimmune eye condition and I could I knew that was decreasing my clinical ability um, so I did a master's in medical ethics and law um, and then a uh, qualification in risk management and then uh, mentoring and coaching uh, all as it sort of as my role built as well which was fantastic um, so I feel very privileged to have the role I have. I went into this role as clinical director just over a year ago. Um, love what I do, very passionate about what I do. Anybody who's met me knows that. Um, huge passion for the profession uh, and for dental teams as a whole as well. So, yeah, that's kind of me. So it's a very full life you have. And before we talk a little bit about the challenges at work, um, hobbies. Now, I know that you are an open water swimmer. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, I love to swim full stop. Um, uh, I'm actually I'm much more comfortable in water than anywhere else, certainly from an activity basis perspective. Um, I've always done it. I've loved it. I got into open water swimming uh, probably about seven, seven years ago or so, um, mainly because I kind of booked booked myself onto a trip to Greece to do some to do open water swimming and then thought, oh, dear, better, better maybe do some of this and see if I can actually do it. Uh, so I've done several trips abroad um, doing open water swimming. Uh, I just love it. I love the freedom that the water gives me. I love the headspace it gives me. I think that's the main thing as well. Um, normally I'm lucky enough uh, the where where I'm uh, the club I'm a member has as an outdoor pool, so I normally swim at outdoors all year. So I have to say it's been a huge struggle for me this year from the perspective of lockdown and sense that that's my main let out. That's my main calm collection and actually to have had that repeatedly removed um wasn't so bad in the summer I could get out get into lakes and so on and get some headspace but uh yes I've I've really missed it um not to be able to have done as much as I would normally do this year but that's great I mean I I do what what you would consider to be nanny paddling at the local baths and I mental note here I'm never going to take you on in a race (laughs) (laughs) 
such a wonderful way of relaxing and it's a start to the day exercise for me. Uh, not in the same league as you, but nonetheless, it's your own little bit of headspace, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. Talking about work, um, let's talk about the changes of ways of working, because we're certainly seeing it here. But at Denplan, um, how are the changes of ways of working? How is it panning out? As a company, um, we're, we're quite organised, actually. We, we saw it was coming and started to plan. So we had almost a thousand people out of the offices um, on the first day of the first lockdown. Um, huge sort of uh, combined effort and work um, but the obviously the main thing was the safety of our people um, as you know you, you were in that same situation was to make sure that our people were safe and working um, working from home um, as much as possible and that was almost actually the whole company um, so very very different way I've had to learn to be disciplined and walk away from work you know it's it's very easy if if you're in the office to stop, cut, make that cut point, drive home, whatever it is, walk home, um, but learning to adapt and change. And obviously at a time when for the profession, um, it was very difficult and a um, lot of uh, trying to find the right support for people um, and right support for practices at a time when they were re really uh, shocked in lots of ways at having been closed down, worried about their patient care, all of that kind of thing. And, and obviously, but changing guidance all the time. So it, for us, it was about making sure that any guidance we provided was correct um, and, and, and just supporting our members through that time and ongoing into this, into this year and the continuing different ways of working and the struggles that are associated with it. Yeah, I remember right in the beginning of the very first lockdown, because I don't know about you, but I compartmentalise it, the big one, as I call it, the first one, the, the most serious one. We, we had a conversation when you rang me um, about you had some uh, clients of Denplan who have basically had just literally shut the door and just couldn't face the uphill struggle. They hadn't got the emotional capacity, the, the mental strength, the fortitude. Um, did you lose many practices that just said, this is it, I'm just walking away? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that we saw was um, how people sort of had, I suppose, time in those weeks when they were closed completely to actually reevaluate what they wanted from their working life. So I think there was a combination of factors in that people who maybe had been thinking about retirement, um, it made them think about it harder. Um, obviously, for certain groups of people, depending on age and um, general health issues or family general health issues, people were suddenly pushed into positions of feeling very uncomfortable to go back to work, even when things started to open up. So it, it really shifted people's perspective um, and made them rethink. I think, you know, dentistry is classic that you qualify, you go to work and you keep working until you retire and, and that's it and we, we don't it, it's not normal in the profession to take sabbaticals to come out of it um, we all work very hard um, work long hours uh, especially if you're a practice owner you're so in the thick of it all that you you don't really ever get that opportunity to step back from it and really think about hang on is this where I want to be um, and I think it gave people that opportunity to think about it um, some in good ways and some not so good ways and and as I say then um, what we did see was this a huge variety of uh, of risk of a risk sort of what their tolerances were and what they were comfortable to go back into practice and not just them but their staff as well um i think that was the other side of it it was fine you know you as a dentist might want to go in but actually what do your staff feel like are they comfortable what's their situation are they worried about taking it home all of that kind of thing so 
we have seen um, probably more practices um, close at relatively short notice than we would normally and people just maybe having to think about you know I'm just going to shut the doors as opposed to taking the time to sell um, so I think that I would say would be a change in a normal year that we've seen but it's it's been less than we thought it possibly could be um, but I think the ramifications for that will still continue through this year. I think we'll still see that. Yeah, we, um, as you know, when we've discussed this in the past, you know, I'm pleased to say that now we are finding an enormous number of first time buyers coming to the market looking to buy practices. So, yes, it's dented a lot of people in their confidence, but it's also been a huge challenge. And on the whole, I would say practices and their management team have been massively supportive um, and it's given a lot of people time to work on their business rather than be so busy working in their business. Um, you know, and it's no secret, you know, that we ourselves, us directors at Lilyhead Dental Practice Sales, we've been doing personal business coaching um, and carried on working throughout the whole business, even though the industry per se was sort of shut down. Um, and at the moment, it, it's looking good. And we're seeing practices actually thriving and increased turnover and, and doing very well. And, and we wondered whether it might be a, a short-term spike. Um, you know, it's a bit like not being able to get your hair cut and what have you. You know, the minute the doors are open, everybody rushes in and then it flattens out. But I have to say that we are seeing sustained improved import performance. And so that's really good. But I think without a doubt, it's been one hell of a, of a year. Um, so let's talk about the positives then, really. Just, you know, the positives that have come out of this for you guys. There must be some things that, that please you with all of this? Yeah, I mean, I think think for us, um, certainly for my team, um, you know, I'm I'm very lucky to run a fantastic team that um, supply, supply, provides clinical advice across the company, and into that comes advice around goodwill transfer and that kind of thing. So um, we we do that, and I. Um, I think one of the things that I, I always love to do is to feel that we are able to support and, and we have been able to do that massively for, for teams this year for, for different practices. And I think the the other side of that then is for us as a company to have been able to, again, relook at how we support our member practices and how we can keep doing that moving forward has been a really important part of everything we've done this year. Um, we've taken time to reflect on every decision we've made. Um, was it a sustainable decision? Um, and, and very proud of what we did manage to achieve last year. You know, things like um, the two million pound PPE donation to our member practices, you know, that was that took a lot of work within my team to make sure we had the right engagement with the suppliers to make sure there were going to be chains of PPE for people who were worrying about if we do get back to work, how are we going to do this? Are we going to have the right kit? Um, so I think it's that mixture of kind of financial, but the clinical side that we can give, which is, you know, a little bit different to us compared to other providers, is that we have that slightly different lens on everything that we do. It's not just about a business transaction. It is about the clinical and regulatory support that, that goes with it. And does that fit with anything else we we support on? I think that's very valuable because... In this time, it's probably made a lot of your of your uh, members reach out to you more so than they ever would have done before. You know, I know you have your members, your your portal, your members forum pages, but people are now actually looking to you for advice and for guidance and for help. And it's great that you've got the teams that can go out there and do all that for them. Um, and you mentioned earlier that you had some practices that sadly were just shut the doors. But are you seeing other 
clients that are just selling sooner than they'd thought. They've decided that, you know, maybe in the next year or two is, you know, they don't ever want to wait for a second wave of this or what have you. Are you seeing much of that? Um, I think what's been interesting, we've seen a change over Christmas almost, which is um, you wouldn't expect it. People have been back working for over six months. Well, it depends on the jurisdiction, but most people have been back working for six months or so. But I think almost where people took a bit of a break over Christmas, that coming back to work and being back in that, the, the horrible PPE that they're having to wear and the tiredness factor of that has made people stop again, I think, and and sort of really thinking, actually, I, you know, that sort of excitement of going back to work, it's not quite the right thing, but there was that, you know, in, in June and July, there was that sort of adrenaline burst of, right, we want to get back, we want to get seeing our patients, we want to get everything in order. And there was a real kind of oomph and drive. And then the reality I suppose over Christmas of real this is going to go on for some time we're going to be wearing this kit for some time um I think has again made just it's just those bits of time that give people the time to think mm, how how long do I want to be doing this for um and then I think the the important thing is you know so well yourself as well is you still need to make sure you've got your practice in order. You know, if you want a good sale, if you want, you know, to find a good buyer for your ongoing care of your patients, if you, you know, if you want to to be attractive as a practice, you need to put all of those things in order. And it can feel, I suppose, especially at the moment when if you are tired and worn out, your energy's low, then oh, I don't do I really need to do that? But you and I would both say, yeah, you do. Um, it it absolutely leaves your patience, which at the end of the day is what you've been working for for the last however many years to make sure they're protected and looked after. If you want that ongoing for them, putting in that bit of effort to get a good sale, um, a, a good pathway through, a good transition of care, um, and and a good value for for yourself and you know it, it is worth putting in that that extra work and and still doing those things that you would have done pre-pandemic prior to a sale i agree i think um something that i would always advise people is that and obviously we meet a whole variety of, of clients who are looking to thinking about selling selling you know should have sold wanted to sell but couldn't lots of reasons and some people think that Oh, it's what's the point? It's too late. It's too late for me to now do anything about it. It is what it is. And my message to those people is, is it's never too late to do some work on your business. And that's why I know with your teams that can advise people, but always get help because even the smallest changes can make such a difference, not only to the way you work, but the overall profitability. And it's never too late to get some advice and get the right people around you and on board. And so it's it's talking to people, isn't it? It's talking to your your a business area consultants and starting with them and speaking to people like ourselves and dental accountants and getting everything in ship shape because not only will it ultimately be beneficial for them financially on the day that they decide to go, but also just the, the smoother running of a business. Um, so this is the time really to shine that big old torch down the drains and see what's down there and get it sorted out. And I think also, you, you know, it's that thing of making sure that when you leave, you can leave and you can go and there aren't problems afterwards and there aren't issues. And um, I think absolutely, as you say, is ask for help. There's so many people around, you know, for, I think if, if you think about it, it's, you know, you buy a you buy a house more often than you buy a practice. And yet when we come to house buying, we're all quite happy to take advice from everybody and get, you know, get all, everything we need to get. And nobody thinks about that because that's what you do. But somehow practices, people 
which you probably only sell, most people only buy and sell once in a, in a career, is that, that we don't take that same advice. And yet, as you say, there are so many really good people out there who can help you. You know, we're seeing it day in, day out, you more than me, but I still see a huge amount of the transactional changes. And, um, you know, obviously we have a, a large number of those goodwill transfers going through every year. And I see the good consequences of that and the not so good consequences of that. And, you know, just as a little bit of help in those stages of planning to buy um, or for both sides, for the buyer and for the, for the seller, I think that's something that I would reiterate as well is, you know, I gosh, I remember when we, you know, bought into our practice, you know, we, when I look back on it, we knew nothing, you know, we knew nothing. You think you know everything, but you don't know anything. And then it's so hard when you first buy it. So, and there are so many more people around now who will help you as a buyer, take that advice before you buy as well, because it will make those first, first years, probably actually, I was going to say months, but actually it's years that you own your practice will just make it so much more enjoyable for you. Um, and as you say, with so many more um, first time buyers around looking and as uh, younger associates and so on, think about it, really important. They take good advice from people in the industry. It's very easy to take advice from lots of people around you, family members, friends, everything. But dentistry is a very unique little funny little profession and industry. And uh, you need good advice from the people who work in it. And get the people around you that, that, that you know that can trust to do the very best for you and not someone who has another agenda for themselves or just sees you as another, you know, few more pound signs. You need somebody that understands you, gets your business model, and also gets you to think outside the box. Because even if you're not thinking of selling in the immediate future, there are different ways of working within a practice. And sometimes getting that coaching, getting that business advice, can make you look at other revenue streams, as well as streamlining what you do. So there's, it's never too late to change the way things are. And often I find that the, the, the staff are pleased to have a bit of a shake-up and the new ways of working. Once everyone's got over it and settled down to the new ways of working, it's often very, very beneficial. And we see at the end what the difference that can make. Um, yeah. So just finally, let's just talk about learning differently. Obviously, I mean, it's, you know, from our sake, we're not driving all over the UK like we used to be. And I know many of your team did the same. Um, we would come and attend all your meetings. How's it going your end with online learning and webinars, etc.? Yeah, really good. Um, I think, uh, it, you know, massive change, as you say, um, you know, we haven't physically seen each other for however long, you know, normally we'd have bumped into each other at, at shows and various different things. And that that has gone. And I mean, I am a big believer in face to face stuff. I, I love that. I love the support that you get the networking that you get with live, but but we can't do that. Um, so I think how everybody's adapted has been fantastic. I mean, you and I probably didn't even know what a podcast was before before the pandemic, you know, and I think that whole change of uh, adapting and embracing new ways of learning. Um, webinars for us has been fantastic. I mean, we picked that up very, very early on um, that the, there was going to be a gap and how could we keep everybody occupied as should I say, and uh, Lewis McKenzie, um, my head dental officer, had started literally um, on Easter Tuesday. So he really came in right into the thick of it um, and uh, put together with Dental Update a fantastic programme of lectures that while everybody was off, gave them focus and we had some just great feedback on that. Um, and we realised how many people wanted to, to watch that. I think that first series, there was 
55,000 registrants um, over that time. It's amazing. So gradually, um, uh, and, and that's just the number of registrants, obviously a lot of those listen to a lot of the webinars through that. So we built on it through last year, learnt, listened, took the feedback, what could we change and moving that into this year as well, because we know, you know, when are we going to be at a live events uh, stage or certainly from a planning perspective, how are we feeling comfortable enough to do it? Um, and as I say, things like podcasts, communicating differently to people, um, letting people find different ways. I mean, you know, be lovely to have face to face back. But I think I do think these new ways of working and learning, I think, will continue. Um, and it does mean we can get to speak to more people. Um, and, you know, if you think for you and I, not so much traveling can can actually communicate with vast areas of the country in in one period of time and um one call one whatever it is so it yeah it, it's I, I some of it will be here to stay for a long time i think and i couldn't agree more because whilst as you say it's lovely to meet in the flesh um you can get through a lot more work i mean today i had a call from somebody that wants to introduce us to one of their clients and it was like boom the zoom call booked in and otherwise that would have meant a sort of four hour five hour round trip and it's instant yeah. communication and, and then you can eventually get to meet them. But initially you can have those face to faces and start to see people and start a relationship with them. Um, and and it, I think it's going to be the new way of working without a doubt. Um, shows, yeah. I don't think we're going to be going to any this year for sure. Um, but obviously 2022, um, it'll be very interesting to see how well attended they are and what the, you know, the public opinion is too. But I think probably people will very quickly recover once we're all loud out and roaming around again. And it'll be a very strange thing to be roaming around the M25 and up and down the motorways. <laughs> yeah. Quite a treat at the moment to do it, I tell you now. Um, well, that's really great. It's, it's been lovely talking to you. And I hope very much we can talk again in a, in a few months time. And, you know, spring has sprung. We're nearly there. I can see the green shoots of recovery popping up everywhere. Certainly, we are extremely busy. As it happens, actually, Abby, uh, my MD, is writing um, a market update today for Denplan. So oh, um, when, I, when I mentioned we were having a chat, she'd got her head down and she was uh, filling in lots of reports for your guys over there. Um, so so that would be good to share. Um, is there any a good way, Catherine, for people to reach out to you or your team to contact you on any matters? What's the best way? Um, I think, you know, the, the best way I think always for anybody is, is to, you know, pick up the phone to people, speak to people, get in contact with people. If you're not sure who your consultants are, then get get on the website, um, put in your postcode and you can see who your your um, consultant is for your local area. Um, you know, we, we always, uh, you know, very happy to talk um, and talk through things with you and we'd much prefer, prefer to know well in advance of what you're thinking about doing so that we can help and support you than, than leave it to last minute when so much is done and then you've got to kind of backtrack a bit and nobody wants to do that so yeah um, that's the best way through the denplan.co.uk website. Lovely thank you very much Catherine thank you once again for your time it's been great talking to you um, good luck you. with the open water swimming and um, look forward to catching up with you very soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much, Lily.